Hello, 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 and welcome to the show with Wrestling With Entertainment, the only party of experience on the web today. Previewing, reviewing, latest from WWE, AEW, New Japan, every, and everything in between every Saturday, and interviewing all your favorite wrestlers every Tuesday and Wednesday on YouTube and Castbox. I'm, of course, your host, that guy, James J. Alongside the leader of Squad Squad, Kaliko Yamas. It's been so long. I feel like I left and then everything went right with Sanaa. <laughs> You're not exactly wrong about that. Um, and the leader, um, and the American scooter Dust, who is not with us tonight. Uh, it was a good week for Wesley Rick, uh, as he continued, um, El Guerrero Cuervo on, uh, Tuesday in front of the interview, um, if you love uh, Japanese pro wrestling, um, if you want to know what's going on in Hawaii right now in pro wrestling, that's a great interview. Lots of stories, lots of great um, everything. Um, and then on Wednesday, obviously, we interviewed um, Ray Rosas. Um, fantastic interview from a veteran that's been doing it a long time. Um, Russell David Arquette, um, the tag team partner of Peter Avalon. Um, and so much more. Um, this upcoming um, Tuesday, we have um, Noel Summer um, from the Rocky Mountain um, Wrestling um, area. And um, yeah, Noel's new. Um, she's a marionette at this point um, in the asylum. Um, we go for that wearing uh, wrestling. Uh, Cargo pants, um, going over the Marriott gimmick, um, Willard Grimm, and I'll tell you a lot more. Um, and then this Wednesday, we got the founder of Smash Wrestling, Sebastian Suave. Um, we go over all things um, Smash Wrestling in 2023, um, the relaunch, um, what's going on there. And obviously, um, things going on in his career as well, like wrestling in Krog and Hall and being on PWI's top um, 500 list seven times. Um, so listen to a, a bit of those, a bit of those interviews right now. That being said, what's a pet peeve about Vodafone that you just don't understand? Um, I would probably say my pet peeve is Salem sometimes has trouble being on time. <laughs> you know, when you're in the asylum and you have and you have bodies to move and someone to stab, you know, you, you, you gotta stay on time. You can't you can't be late. So that that would probably be my biggest pet peeve about Salem. You think it would be the women in the in the group making us late, but no, it's him. What does it tell you about you yourself as a pro wrestler that you were consistent enough to be on the, the list five times in a row, seven times in total. Yeah, well, first of all, like incredible research on your end kudos. There. <laughs> I didn't. I had an idea. I had a rough idea of how many times or consecutive years, but no, I I couldn't even tell you the precise numbers. But uh, no, that was very cool, and that was around the time just before I became a promoter, and I think it trickled into my probably the first year of being a promoter and 
yeah, I mean, I think it was just a, it's a testament to getting out there. Um, the reality is if you want to, I mean, it's a subjective list and I, I'm not even saying this in a negative way, but if, if you want to get on that list or any list or just in general to be, have, have your praises sung by others, you can't just stay in one place. So, you know, it means that I, I think when I, when I did get myself to Japan or Mexico, uh, whether I did get myself out to Eastern Canada or found ways to cross the border in the U.S., uh, I hopefully made the right impressions on the right people who saw my effort. Uh, and really, uh, at the end of the day, I think, again, it's subjective, but to me, if you, whether it's PWI or any other list, if people are going to sing your praises, it really comes down to many things, but it really comes down to two things. It's uh, what kind of platforms you get on and what kind of opponents you face. So if, if people feel that you've got on to respectable brand, uh, brands and, uh, and promotions and that you face some uh, premium talent and you've held your own, uh, then it's, I think that gets re reflected in uh, how people, uh, you know, uh, speak of you or rank you or whatever uh, like that. And I, I think uh, it, it was very humbling. You know, I, I think a lot of wrestlers have said this with PWI's uh, list, you know, um, people don't live and die by it, but at the end of the day, we were all younger and we all looked at those lists and uh, we, we bought subscriptions to those magazines. So it's kind of cool when you get older to see that you've made the list yourself. And uh, yeah, to, even if you take it with a grain of salt, it's still cool. And then I believe on the 23rd, we got uh, Damien Corbin on the show. Alright, now that we, um, we're done putting ourselves over, it's a great day for wrestling, because we are wrestling with the names. Uh, and a big news thing this week was, um, so there was a fan um, interaction meeting, um, much like a WrestleCon, and... Jungle Boy was one of the, um, the participants. Um, and it was accounted by more than a few people that um, he was definitely not happy to be there, um, not polite with the fans, not racist with the fans, and uh, all around miserable. Um, what are your, uh, and uh, it is worth mentioning that this was in the UK. Um, Coleco, what are your thoughts on Jungle Boy, um, not being a fan friendly? It, we, we just see the result, right? Like, we don't see the context of what could have got him in that mood, right? Like, I, 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 I can only put it in my perspective. I remember one time I met uh, Ambrose when he, uh, Moxie when he was Ambrose. And for the most part, he just felt like he was kind of going through the ropes. And the only reason I know that I felt that way, because I met him earlier and I got like more energy out of him the first time I met him. So to me, it, you know, maybe he woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Something happened last minute, kind of ruined his mood. That type of deal. With all that being said, I mean, it's still incumbent upon him to kind of, you know, be stoic about it and kind of do what you need to do uh, for the fans, right? But I, I just 
trying to juxtapose that with someone like MJF who's out there just throwing people shit around and people think it's cool, but Jungle Boy Jack has a bad day and it's like, what the fuck? Like, right? Right. But, I mean, MJF has never claimed to be a good, uh, a face. Jungle Boy is a face. And he's going for, he's currently going for the world championship in a couple of weeks. Um, and they were in the country where they sold 60 plus thousand tickets that they're going to be in in just a couple of months. And you don't want to alienate yourself from the people that are supporting you, that are fans of yours. You know, if you don't, a good fan interaction could make you somebody's fan for life, or it could put you off from that. Um, just speaking from personal experience, I didn't meet Jungle Boy, but I did meet Anna J this up last April, and he was like six feet from us, and he did not seem like he cared that he was there. Um, so whether it's a trend or, you know, an occurrence, as yet to be said, but um, it definitely... It's not how you want to present yourself to fans when you're not completely over. No, Felipe? Well, depends on what his angle is. I mean, yeah, I give you that because, you know, you can't really... Right. Yeah, I get that part. The, per- the person that you're meeting, you got to treat them as it's at first, your first time because that could be the difference between them being you know, your fan for life or not. So I, I understand that aspect. I am just more in the form of, ah, I give him grace because something may have happened, but I don't know him that way. And that's the thing. This is like, and I can see if this has like been a trend, but has it really ever been a trend with him in that manner? Or is this is just, the first time where they're pushing him as that guy, or that that well, not you, but that uh, that that guy, right? Right. I mean, either way, if you're Tony Khan, you're not. Shouldn't you be a little? Oh, bit Tony, like Tony Khan's not happy. He's not happy because he he's the dude that he he doesn't care. He just cares about making people feel good. So. I, I do agree with that part. Oh. Uh, yeah. So, um. Baron Corbin wants to bring back the, lo- the lone wolf gimmick. Could anything save his career at this point? To me, his success is not dictated in the, whether he's over or not. It's more in the sense that he feels like he, he's character driven, I believe. To me. Because that guy, Lone Wolf was like where he didn't have to talk as much. And to me, I think going through the Corbins phases, the King Corbins, the Happy Corbins, 
it showed him depth of character, and he can get heat. And, and that's the problem. If he's coming back, is it face where people thought he was kind of cool, Lone Wolf, or fuck <gasps> off, or they didn't like his ass, Lone Wolf? he's hitting right now is just go home dude, honestly. Why is he here? Go home, down for <laughs> I mean, sure. I mean, that could be the case. Um, yeah. Personally, don't think anything is going to happen with that guy. I think it's just, um, he is where he is, and if he stays where he is, that's fine, but if he gets fired, would anybody even notice at this point? If he ends up at AEW, they would care. They would know. But would it be for the right reasons or the wrong reasons? It, uh, yes, that, that would be the answer. <laughs> Well, uh, right reason, wrong reason, um, we'll be talking about, um, the Puerto Rico, so, uh, Doc Ress, uh, a little bit later. Um, it did go over very well, um, people loved it. Um, but unfortunately, it sounds like WWE will not be coming back anytime soon. Um, because it was Puerto Rico that actually paid WWE to come do the show, um, get the people um, there. Um, and obviously they succeeded in that. Um, but WWE, uh, it's believed that WWE will not come back, you know, yearly or regularly um, because they're not paying, being paid to come. Considering how hot that crowd was, if you're WWE, wouldn't you want to maybe put Puerto Rico on the on the agenda for PPVs or at least the war or SmackDown? <sighs> I will give them one reason that they wouldn't do it. Because Bad Bunny's not going to wrestle every time they go to Puerto Rico. Oh, great too. I think they could get Zelina Vega or Damien Priest on that That was 90... That and Zelina Vega... That buddy was 90% of the reason they popped up. Zelina was the five. Damien was five. Because there was no Roman. There was no Roman, remember. There was a Seth. There was a Brock. There was a Cody. But everybody went there to see Bad Bunny. It was basically being able to go to a Bad Bunny concert for half the price. No, I'm, I'm dead ass. And, and, and that, and you don't think they're not going to take that? Okay. But to me, that was, I mean, and but that crowd, man, you would have thought Jesus came in and walked on water at the same time. <laughs> well, there's, um, you know, talk of other countries maybe getting a push or a rub for uh, a PLE, uh, like uh, Ireland or Australia. Um, they did do one in Australia a couple of years ago. 
I'm, I'm assuming that went well, but are they just banking? Are they just still high on Puerto Rico, or is there, you know, reason for why they're doing this? They're they're looking at their country. Honestly, I thought that this was going to happen this year anyway. Because keep in mind, the pandemic is here, but it's not here, right? So people are WWE's exploring the 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 avenues of having other audiences for these PLEs. And honestly, I'm here for that because to me, it it shows Americans how crowds actually interact. Because to us, I think we're kind of spoiled to a certain point. Oh yeah. And and when you see a bad bunny getting that reaction and it made me damn near want to fly there like that right when it happened. Even though I knew the match would be over by the time I got there. <laughs> but it, it made you feel like you were missing something. And I think that's what's missing with 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 wrestling, with the crowds here. Because we kind of be, we're kind of spoiled in a sense. Even in LA, you know, it felt Certain matches, yes, but for the most part, we felt spoiled. And and then and you look at Puerto Rico, who hadn't had it in eighteen years. Granted, Bad Bunny was a big part of it, but you would have that it. They were just there. It was just like fuck yeah, we're happy to be here. Are you not wrong about that? Um, what was this other city? Um. They did the show in Puerto Rico. They did the show in Cardiff, Wales. Um, oh, Clash at the Castle, yeah. Yeah, and um, they did the show in Quebec with a Sami Zayn. You know, all places that are not America that, you know, went really, really well. Like, that, I mean, that show in, uh, in Canada, that was like a, a Chicago crowd. So... Are you just going for that pop? Because I feel like they're going to get it at this point. Because what, what happened on Raw in Jacksonville, that wasn't it. <laughs> that was more reason just to fly back to Puerto Rico. True. Uh, but I, I, to me, the, the story of... Uh, but those are outliers, though. Everything, the one thing I give Triple H credit for is that motherfucker, he, he plans people's biggest moments right when they're going to their city. What? And that's very, and, and that's some of it, and that's very well executed because think about it. Sami Zayn would have never got a title shot in a million years. But he got the one shot in his backyard to see his family and friends wrestle, right? Yeah. And to and and after looking at Selena, sometimes that loss, that win and loss, don't even mean nothing to them. But the fact that they do that, it gets the people more invested. People, because how can I put it? It's like if uh. If a football player or basketball player from your city happens to play for the team, the team in your town, 
it it draws people in that otherwise wouldn't even be there. And that's not even from a, 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 a oh, I like wrestling standpoint. It's from a, I want to see that guy succeed standpoint. And oh my God, I can't believe he's here get, having this opportunity standpoint. Which that, that, that element is very powerful. The, the emotional element. comes back to, for wrestling in the woods, does anybody care? Um, no. Okay. If Nigel McGuinness comes back at Wembley Stadium, would that be a draw? Depends on context. For the the all intro at Wembley. The question is, what's making him come back, and is he coming back as a wrestler or as an announcer? The, the so as at Wembley is making him consider coming out of retirement to do one more match. It would mean it probably mean more to the people who know him in that area, which yeah, if it if it can get that emotional human element, then hell yeah, why not? And I mean, it's not like you know, it's like Mark Jimmer, who remembers that guy? Like you know, it's not there's not a lot of emotion that go into that guy. Um. You know, Nigel McGuinness, um, you know, if you didn't know him from Ring of Honor, you knew him from commentary on NXT. They did that fantastic um, documentary on him as well on WWE. Um, so, yeah, people would have an emotional connection, I would say, with this guy, uh, especially in the UK where he's from, where they would know they would be even more invested in him having one more match. Yeah, they would. I, I'm not saying that they would. I, I'm just... I, I think that crowd, I mean, the fact that it's 60,000, it's almost like that first time... Well, shit. The first time that they're coming to San Diego and you're like, what the fuck? And it's like, shit, we gotta get these tickets. You know what I'm saying? Right. Oh, and and that's for and that's basically part of it is that part of it is the fact that they are doing it for the first time in Wembley. They don't even have to have Magic McGinnis is the cherry on top. He's not the you know the defining ingredient, right? Yeah. Mm. I mean, it would just be a cool moment. They would. That being said, like who would would wrestle him? I don't necessarily remember the context of his injury. I feel like a Shibata would be able to protect him in the way. Uh, who, like, really, Yuta? No, Shibata. Ah, <laughs> uh, Shibata, I mean, maybe. There's gotta be somebody who's safe and who could work with him. Maybe they could pull the Miz out of his ass. Because <laughs> Miz, Miz will protect 
to everybody. Oh, uh, Snoop Dogg, uh, Snoop Dogg out there as well. So. Who, who knows his role? Um, well, going from WrestleMania 39 to WrestleMania 43, um, Trudeau mentioned this uh, last week on the show that uh, Tennessee was interested in uh, having a WrestleMania. Uh, and it's all but confirmed that uh, they are building a new unit in Tennessee and um, in um, well, WrestleMania 43 will be at that, uh, that new, brand new arena. Um, I know you're pretty big on, uh, wrestling in Tennessee, so this is a big moment, right? Considering there's never been a, uh, a WrestleMania in Tennessee. So, yeah, this is a huge get for Tennessee. Just the state itself, because that city has a very rich wrestling history or the state has a very rich wrestling history i believe and this to me is their biggest get you can bet your black ass i will be there showing my ass um i couldn't have been more happier i hopefully i mean it's going to be indoors so that's a good thing um yeah i, I feel happy for that proud of the state i cannot wait and it will be indoors ain't no way they're building that bitch to be outdoors in tennessee in april fuck that um so yeah that it's huge couldn't have been more couldn't be prouder After some technical difficulties. Um, but yeah, um, it's going to be in Tennessee and um, at WrestleMania 43, so in three years. Well, four, technically four years. Um, so yeah, this is a big gift for uh, Tennessee for sure. It was, but I think because SummerSlam was there. The SummerSlam being it showed how big it was. The fact that they could do it. And and Nashville is one of those cities where everything is walkable. That's so. right. Depending on where the arena is going to be. Uh, yeah, so everybody's going to be downtown by the river mm-hmm. trying to get a boat. So just stand by. Do you think that's the new, like, setup? See, uh... Explore different states, like with a summer slam. Like it's going to be in Detroit this year, and see, no, can we? Is the market open enough to do, you know, another a WrestleMania? Well, the thing with Detroit is, it's weird because Detroit's had a WrestleMania. It's had two WrestleMania. What? Right, so that one, it kind of, that one's a little bit different, but. It was a long time ago, and I mean, Detroit has had like 10 recessions since then, so. 
True. That is that. Yeah, that's hella true. Uh, I think Detroit. Detroit's gonna do great for wrestling, and it's a pretty big event arena that they're doing. I think they're doing Ford Field, so yeah, it, it's doable. Oh, I think that will continue for now. Um, and now it's for more coffee. So. Rogue Energy, the only gaming drink company in the world with four unique product lines to suit your task at hand, whether it be juices, shakes, smoothies, and everything else in between. Their low-calorie, no-sugar energy formula is the perfect alternative to sugar-filled canned energy drinks and sodas. Their extreme formula provides the most energy, focus, and sports performance possible. Their hydration line offers focus, ingredients without the added caffeine. Drink it anytime. You're thirsty. And their shake formula is so delicious. Who doesn't love a cookies and cream, zero-calorie energy milkshake? First and foremost, they've designed every Rogue product line with performance and effectiveness in mind. It is critical that you look at the nutrition panels of drinks when comparing options. There are countless off-brands out there that are presenting low-quality, poorly-dosed formulas that amount to expensive caffeine water. Every formula they produce is designed with optimal levels of high-quality ingredients. Additionally, you won't find a powdered gaming drink brand that dissolves better. No need to have chalky textures in your drink. Their taste profiles are unmatched, specifically designed for gamers, athletes, students, entrepreneurs, people with hectic schedules, individuals with low energy, podcasters who can't shut up, people who are health conscious, and so much more. Great as both a pre-workout and as a coffee energy drink replacement. Specifically designed every Rogue product line to be the best gaming drink on the planet. Rogue energy, more energy, more focus, more wins. Use promo code WRESTLINGE for 10% off your next purchase. And we are wrestling with New Pants Best of the Super Junior for you. 27? Yeah, some. Best of. Yeah. 27 or 30 or something like that. Um, it's already underway. Uh, yesterday was the first matches. Um, but we're just going to give you who was. Um, uh, who was actually in the tournament, talk some of the names, and uh, see uh, if there's actually a winner in there. Spoiler alert, it's probably the one. Alright, uh, let's go over yeah. Apa. Um, Kashida. It's been a while, hasn't it? Been a hell of a while. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we'll see what he does. I would think he would be kind of in that role where... Uh, what the hell was his name? Man, so many people come back and then they kind of fizzle out. Oh, I totally forgot his goddamn name. He just left New Japan right now. Um, huh? Jay White? Not Jay White. Abushi. Kota Abushi. Oh, yeah. So, to me, he's in that sense, like the returning cat. Uh, I think he could make a run. To be the eventual loser. 
Well, let's talk about the yeah. names. Uh, Ryosuke Taguchi, Leo Russ, Doki, Hiromu Takahashi, Titan, uh, TJ Perkins, Taiji Ishimori, Sho, and Mike Daly. Um, any names um, stand out to you, Fuliko? Uh, Hiromu and Sho. I mean, if you asked me, like, two years, I'd say show. Um, but, um, show has been no-showing, um, as of late. Just in so has So has Sonata, but sometimes <laughs> shit pops out the blue, right? I mean, I feel like, I feel like unless he breaks away from House of Torture, he's just relegated to that mobile mid-card. Uh, a, I don't even want to see a faction, just match. Um, and he hasn't really done anything in the last couple of years since then in House of Torture, so I can't really, I can't really think anything good about, um, so. I'd say that Taguchi has a better one in him in a block than so does at this point. But I think with the best of the Super Juniors, it's one of those things where it's like it can get the ball rolling for for a guy like Show. True. Um, I mentioned his name, Taguchi. Um, not there to win. Um, honestly, the last couple years he's just been showing his ass and. It just makes no sense, so nothing really there. Oh, uh, Leo Ross, uh, he had a pretty good match with Hiromu uh, a couple months ago for the uh, Junior Heavyweight Championship. I don't see him winning, but I see him maybe doing something. Well, the lightweight Juice Robinson as a face? Leo Ross? Yes. Wow. I think uh, Juice Robinson is a little bit more likable than uh, Leo Rush. In my opinion. <laughs> um, no arguments here. Dookie. Will be Dookie. Okay. In this tournament. Hiromu Takahashi has won the tournament um, the last three years. They should just name the goddamn tournament after him at this point. Like the G1 should just be the Okada Classic. It is just, just fuck it. Because just... um, if there's two things, that's for sure. Okada is either going to make the finals or win the G1, or Hiromu's going to fucking murder the juniors. <laughs> Also, like the argument, has there been a, a, a junior award-winning the the best of the super juniors in the last few years? And that's the the issue. That's the that's the dilemma because they're all moving up. El Fantasmo never open. Finley never open. Right. So yeah. it's it's just he's basically the foundation for the goddamn thing. Granted, people can run with it, but a show, show. That's why show got a 
he he needs to come on, man. What about uh his LIJ brethren, um, Titan? Nah. 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 Like unless unless Titan beats Aroma. But it's it's weird because LIJ it's it's slowly dwindling. Yeah. I feel like if, so. If uh, Nitro brings in a new member of LIJ, it's a big deal. If New Japan brings in a new a member of LIJ, it doesn't mean anything. And he hasn't been there the last couple of months. He's not with them every show. So. Him being a part of LIJ just kind of seems empty. You know what I mean? It is. Like when Sonata came, it was a deal. When Hiromu was there, he's, it's a big deal. I feel like LIJ is just Hiromu and Naito now. I mean, at this point, yeah. It does feel like But that. even when they had everybody, it felt like that. I mean, Evil and Sonata had a pretty good grasp on the tag team division. And, and yeah, him and uh, who was the other guy? Shingo. Oh. No, not I mean, yeah, yeah, Shingo. Yeah, Shingo. Damn, I. F- That's bad when you know Shingo and he was a goddamn champion and you like, goddamn, <laughs> like right? I'm, I'm like. He was the champion at one point. Yes, he was. And he was a POP champion like a couple weeks ago as well. Yeah, I mean, I... I I don't know what they're doing with him. And again, that's where it's like... They kind of know he's the leader, but, you know... Um, Kaliko, you're kind of... You sound really far away. There we go, finally. Jesus. Told you, man. Why? Jesus might as well be in this damn phone line. God damn. (laughs) Right? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, but I mean, it's not like a new trend that you've had a friendship with Gypsy Meats from the very beginning. And with that, he has left again. I feel like I just played the um, Jeopardy song. What did I tell you? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, um, TJP. I feel like he's going to have some good matches, but he's not there to win. There to show up? Now, just there to show up and show out, but not do a goddamn thing. Um, Taichi Ishimori. Um, I mean, he's done well in this tournament before, never really won. Um, but honestly, I don't see him really doing anything significant. Um, he hasn't been doing anything interesting for quite some time, so. Who has, though? Like, that's the question. Who has? 
I mean, Kushida just won the Junior Tag Team Championships. Yuki is coming off a match with Naito. Um, yeah, that's in the last. That's what's happened in the last month, at least. Yeah, and we are like, you know, it. But it, I, I think it's there. Their, not their fault per se, because things have been happening where they they have people move up. But then you know you have people who have intentions of doing it, but then they end up wasting the talent, and then they have to move up. What? You see what I'm saying? So like when goddamn some bitch in El Fantasmo was there, and he didn't really get a good run as much as he should have. And... Now he's getting a good run and, uh... Um, never open. Right. Which is like, okay, cool, but... You... you by, by helping never open, you're, you're, you're killing... You're really killing, uh... Your your light junior light heavyweight, which means Hirombu, who eventually is done so much in the division that it really makes no sense for him to stay, has to stay by default. Right. And that's the problem. Um, the last and one. That. Yeah. And that's where we have that issue. And the last one on the list, Mike Bailey. Um, I think he's gonna have a couple of really general matches. Not gonna win, but it could be a good, a nice little thing to maybe for New Japan to call him back. Because the guy is, you know, just unbelievable at me. So, um, we, we shall see. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, it's, you just hope that, you know, Hope that they build more stars in the division. Because that's what they need. They need that bad. Like, hella bad. We got El Desperado. Yo. Master Water. Kevin Knight. Yoshinobu Kanamaru. Bushi. Robbie Eagles. Francisco Akira. Dan Maloney. And fuck Um, right off the bat, whose name sticks out? Yo. Yo and Bushi. As people to whip or? To get far. Ain't no goddamn, ain't no damn way. Um,. Ain't no way what's his face is uh losing. Hiromu is not losing. But this is deep block, so he has to go up against one of these guys in the final. <laughs> Which is my point. So it might be yep. If Bushi makes it, that would be interesting. Wouldn't you think? Really know. My eyes were on Desperado and Water. 
Wado has really, you know, come into his own in the last couple months. Um, and, you know, not having a good show, even winning his black, might actually make the people believe in this guy a little bit more. And because he is getting over with the fans. And obviously Desperado is Desperado at this point. Oh yeah, Desperado is Desperado. He's always Desperado. Yeah. And I mean, if anybody could take that torch from Hiromu, it's Desperado. Of, you know, main uh, uh, junior. Um, go back to the night. It'd be a good showcase. It'd be a good showcase for him. To win it? No. To make some noise? Yeah. Be like, be on the lookout for me next year? Hell yeah. Yo, uh, Nobu, Uncle Nobu's always making waves. Um, he's not gonna win, but, um, you're definitely gonna not not see his matches because he's going to have a couple upsets. He's kind of like the Vigano of the human, you know? Yes. But Yano always be closer to winning than losing. I'll tell you that for damn sure. So, (laughs) don't be surprised if he's in position, that is. What about uh, Robbie Eagles? Ah, oh, Robbie Eagles. Uh, I don't see it. Honestly, I've never really seen it. Because only one guy, only one Gaijin's gonna, only one Gaijin is gonna show out. So who the fuck is it gonna be? Right? I mean, and that's where we asked. Who's going to be the motherfucker this show? That's a good point. Who is going to be the show out? Well, because give... at this point, yeah. there's more there's more Gaijins. I, I, in my mind, there's more Gaijins than none in this tournament. I want to one... Or it's a big, it's a big Gaijin representation. Five, um, nine. There's nine Gaijin. Um, out of twenty-one. That's damn near half the field. So, only one's gonna pop off. As as much as as much as much as I love New Japan, you know damn well that's gonna be the case. Like, hey, y'all ain't winning this bitch. One of y'all can show out, but ain't none of y'all winning this bitch. What? So who will it be? Will it be TJP? Will it be Leo Rush? Will it be um Robbie Eagles? Started, he just became Bullet Club, and he, in order for people to take him seriously, they have to kind of give him a reason to take him seriously. 
Oh, you mean like how Sonata got taken seriously by beating Okada after making a new group? Well, I will say this. New Japan does that better than anybody. I will say that. That's true. I mean, a a win against Desperado would make sense. Especially if Desperado wins the tournament. Yes. But, uh... And... And they're, and they're good at that. So they could probably do that and make it a callback. So I I have no quarrels. And what about Dan Maloney? I already like this guy because his name runs for Maloney. Which, in this tournament, he, that's by his worth. I mean, no, it's gonna be like the bird bologna with the dome on top. When you, you have the, <laughs> you just smush that bitch when it domes up, and it got the black ring around it. Yeah, that that one. Gotcha. I mean, that could be expensive. I it could be. Huh. There's some expensive bologna's out there. I think. It, it is. Um, who wins a block? Kushida, Tadjuchi, Leo Rush, Duki, Hiromu, Titan, TJP. Hiromu. Yeah. Hiromu. Come on, man. Hiromu. Um, and who wins a B block? Inter- Uh, I want to say yo for for shock's sake. I don't think it's gonna be yo. I'm gonna go with Desperado. But and then the finals: Desperado for Romu. Um, Desperado wins. Um. So you think Desperado wins the Super Juniors over Hiromu? Well. I mean, Hiromu won the last few years, um, and one of those wins was against Desperado in the final. If you seem to remember the match where Imbudicon was he uh, ripped his mask off. Right. So, I mean, it's a callback to that, and you get, and uh, Desperado kind of gets his, his revenge, because I we all know. New Japan's always about the long game. They they are, and they're all about the call packs. Right. Oh, yeah. So I will give I give you that benefit of the doubt, sir. Oh. I think I'll conclude our coverage of um, the New Japan uh, Best of the Super Juniors. Um, and we are wrestling with. WWE Backlash. Um, it took place last week. Um, and, uh, San Juan, Puerto Rico. San Juan, motherfucker. <laughs> Buck Scooter. Because I know he's not looking. Um, it took place, uh, on May 6th, uh, 2023. 
uh, at the Coliseo de Puerto Rico, Jose Miguel Alcalot, um Arena. Um, and uh, there were 17,944 uh, uh, fans, which is pretty impressive for WWE at this point, um, considering that the Staples Center kind of holds that money. Um, Pretty much. Yeah. Honestly, I love this show. It was a great, um, it was a great WWE PLE. Um, they've been a lot, uh, the last couple of PLEs have been a little bit more predictable than others. Um, but this kind of went right back to, um, you know, that, um, that, 2022 PLE quality itself. No, Felico? It did. It did. It surely did. It was a great... Uh, to me, it felt like every bit of 40,000. Just from the How Loud they were, right? Pretty much. Yeah, I mean, it was like uh, a Chicago crowd. It was that rowdy and that, um, you know, loud, and they were they were invested. They were definitely invested in the people that uh, they wanted. It, I mean, it was the best show that they had in first show in eighteen years. So yeah. Let's get into it. Bianca Belair defeated uh, Io, Io Sky, and on that was Dakota Kai, and uh, a barely here and a barely there, and a Dakota Kai anywhere. Um, it was for the World Women's Championship, it lasted 18 minutes. Um, personally, I wasn't going into this match, I was not invested. I, it was predictable, I didn't really care, but. Just the way that that crowd responded to uh, Eel was wow. And it was so, you know, the, the amount of love actually got me invested in this match, and it was a banger of a match. Um, Kalika? Oh, yeah. But Eel's, uh, I think it's because she has the Latin connection. She did wrestle at Lucha Underground. So, I mean, may not know if that went to... Yeah, she wrestled at Lucha. I did not know that. And so, she kind of has a Latin connection-ish. So, went to the pastor. Bailey's pants were the MVP, though. How many stars do you give this one? <clears throat> Three, because it was good. No, four, because of the crowd. I'm going to let you know right now, every match is going to be overinflated because the crowd gave each match like a bonus. It Because it, it was just in it. Right. You know, everything that EO has done in game... And you could tell that they were in it. Every match that damaged... Seeing EO this last couple of months in damage control, it kind of 
makes you forget all of the great shit she's done in NXT and what, you know, that she can produce bangers. Um, and this was just uh, an abrupt reminder. Um, you know what? I'll give it five stars because I thought it was a great match. Alright, um, that brings us to Seth Rollins versus Almost. Uh, it lasted 10 minutes and 30 seconds. Your thoughts, Felipe? Squash. That was a squash. I mean, it was a good match. Well, yeah. As much as all the capabilities of Omos, I dare say it was the best match of the night. Oh. How many stars do you give this? And you can't go any lower than 10. Three. Give it three. You can't go lower than 10 stars for an Omos match now. There you go. 30 stars. I'll give it, um, I'll give it, fuck it, I'll give it 50 stars. Alright, uh, Austin Theory defeated Bobby Lashley and Bronson Reed, uh, triple threat match for the United States Championship, he retained, uh, in 6 minutes and 50 seconds. Um, honestly, not as good as it could have been. It was probably one of the more colder matches of the night. Um, your thoughts, Felico? Yeah, but the right guy was. But the question is, are they going to stick with Theory in the long term? Because him beating Cena didn't really do nothing for him. Or didn't do what they thought it would do. Right. Um, it seems like they're still right now, at least. Um, I give this match... Three stars. Coleco? Three stars. Rhea Ripley defeated Selena Vega to retain the SmackDown Women's Championship in 7 minutes and 10 seconds. Um, honestly, not Rhea Ripley's best outing. I feel like. Every time she's put in this, um, in this situation, she kind of exposes herself. This match could have been a hell of a lot better. It could have shown off Selena Vega so well and in front of, obviously, a hot crowd that wanted her. And Rhea just did not do a good job of doing that. She didn't bump for her, she didn't um, sew her off, she didn't guide her through the match, you know, even though Selena is, you know, the, is more experienced than her. 
And it just shows Rhea's lack of experience rather than anything on Zelina. Um, because, again, it could have been so much more. It could have been so much better than it was. The crowd was still happy with it. They were still hot for it. But it could have been more. Um, what's your thoughts, Khalifa? I mean, yeah, if that was her first match in, like, in front of her family, it should have been more than seven minutes. But I got the point of why it was seven minutes, because for person that the tank should not even be lasting more than seven minutes against someone that big. So, yeah. How many stars you give this one? Since it's in fan one, three. Every, anywhere else, that's a two. Even a one, possibly. Um, but yeah, three. Bad Bunny defeated Damien Peace in a Sam Juan street fight in 25 minutes. And my god, it should have not have been as good as it was, considering who Bad Bunny is. You know, obviously just a singer. And, you know, my head is off to Damien Priest, because that guy led this match, he made Bad Bunny look good in a way that made sense, and I, all credit to him for leading this match, getting Bad Bunny through it, making himself look okay, uh, himself look good, Bad Bunny look good, all the chaos with Carlito, which was great to see him again in Salvio Vega. Um, but yeah, this was very impressive and enjoyable. What say you, Kalika? One more shout out to Brian Kendrick, who trained Bad Bunny. Didn't know that. Yeah. But this match should have ended. This match should have ended the pay-per-view. And this is how I know that it should have ended because my wife watched this match and was like, holy shit, Bad Bunny can wrestle. (laughs) So she was like, holy shit, Bad Bunny can wrestle. It was a big fucking match. (laughs) We could get into, uh, you know, what how the fun description, but uh, how many stars you give this one? 38, and it should have freaking closed the show. Because I felt like even though they had matches after this, the emotional high was that match. Right. Like, that that match should have ended the show. And, and the way that it ended, it should have ended the show. I give it uh, five stars. Eat your heart out, Melko. This might be the match of the year, though, too. I wouldn't go that far. I would. I would, considering it was a street fight, street fight rules. You think about the atmosphere. You think about... There was no big implications, but it, it, it felt like Jesus was walking in the building. Like I said. The Bloodline, Solo Sokoa, Drake Michelle, and Jimmy Uso defeated Matt Riddle, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn um, in 22 minutes. Um, 
the crowd after this bad bunny match the, ma- the crowd was a little spent um and it little little is an understatement yeah and you know it reflected uh, in this match um maybe a little too long of a match um it did tell a great story between solo Sokoa and the uso um which i found interesting um but like i said too long um maybe the wrong place on the card as well Kaliko? yeah Although, because that match had some gems in it, with uh, Jay and and Solo getting at it, and you could just tell it was like I'm Big Brother. Right. So it it it's it start it's that now it's that point where it's like the baby bro is in a higher position than the big bros in the bloodline, and it's gonna cause a ripple. Right. Especially with Jay, because Jay was the first disciple. Right. He Brutus. I give this three stars. What say you? Three. And then uh, Cody Rhodes defeated Brock Lesnar in nine minutes and forty seconds to close out the match. Um, good match. Um, the crowd was still pretty much they. They gave them some love, but it wasn't, you know, as much as it could have been if they were later in the mat- night. Um, and yeah. But, uh, I thought it was a decent match for what it was. Considering it only went less than 10 minutes. Uh, Kaliko? I don't know what the hell is with this Wi-Fi. Alright. Cody and what Brock, your thoughts? <laughs> Oh, I got what they were trying to do. It's just that the the previous two matches, I, I think if there was an Achilles heel, it was the match placement of each well, of each uh, each card. This one was good. It just wasn't palm diggity, and considering Bad Bunny was palm diggity, yeah, nah. I give it three stars. What's a three stars? But I think this one should have. It, it, it should have been longer for what it just was. Right. All right. Um. Thumbs up. Overall, thumbs up. Because this was, I might this was bananas. I might make the argument that this might be PLE of the year, considering uh, you know how good it was. So, uh, yeah. Considering the crowd, yes, it was definitely up there. Right. Um, that will conclude um, our coverage of Backlash and. Uh, this episode as a whole if you like uh, thank you for listening if you like what we're doing please like subscribe comment but on youtube and Castbox. plus this was sponsored by rogue energy and snowman coffees join us this tuesday as we interview uh the marionette uh no world summit 
Join us this uh, Wednesday as we interview uh, the founder of Smash Wrestling, Sebastian Suave. Uh, and follow us still at Wrestling with Evil on Twitter and Instagram for information on who we're interviewing, when we're interviewing them, links to those interviews, and so much more. Um, you can follow me uh, personally at JMC993. What can we find for you, Oh, it seems like you lost Kalika over. Kalika? Oh, hello? Yes. Finally, Jesus. Where can we find you on us? And where can we find uh, Kalika on social media? You might not be able to find me based on this this reception in the States. Uh, I am and uh, of course, uh, join myself and Scooter Dust on the remix um, on um, the 27th for Night of Champions um, the, on the remix, the only live alternative commentary for WWE PLEs. Um, for Coleco Yachts and Scooter Dust, I'm James J, and this has been Wrestling with Entertainment. Hola. Hey folks, this is the Colossal Mike Law, and you are listening to Wrestling With Entertainment. Enjoy the show, support these guys, we appreciate it very much. We'll see you at ringside.